Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 1st of February 2016. On this week's show, Laurent Koscielny is here to talk about his season and the European Championships. Lady star Alex Scott gives us an update on their pre-season and Perry Groves previews the Gunners' clash against another of his former teams, Southampton. But first, let's kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal got back to the business of defending the FA Cup when Championship High Flyers Burnley visited the Emirates on Saturday and the Gunners went ahead inside 20 minutes through a Callum Chambers wonder strike. Alexis Sanchez, Awobi, edge of the box, still Alex Awobi back towards Alexis. Can Alexis dig out the shot, plays it to the right-hand side and the shot into the corner from Callum Chambers is terrific. What a hit. Fantastic goal. That's some cultured play from your full-back and it's Arsenal that lead by a goal to nil. Callum must enjoy playing against the team from Turf Moor. His only other goal for the club came against the same opposition last season. But Arsenal did not have it all their own way. Sam Vokes rising highest to head home and equaliser. That was just ten minutes later. in once again, cleared this time, only as far as the central midfielder Overstad. And now Dariqua will get the cross into the far post, the header into the bottom corner, and it's Vokes who scored for Burnley. It is 1-1 here, Sam Vokes rising highest inside the penalty area and the downward header beats David Ospina. It is Arsenal 1, Burnley 1. The goal sent Burnley into half-time on level terms, but that didn't last long into the second half when Alexis scored his first goal of 2016, eight minutes into the second period. Arsenal have got players back and Gibbs does well and now it's with Alexis and the Gunners come racing forward on the counter. This is Olivier Giroud, stabs back to Awobi. Awobi has got Oxlade-Chamberlain, edge of the penalty area, looks to get the cross back in. Real opportunity, brilliantly taken by Alexis Sanchez into the top corner. Terrific free-flowing football from the Gunners and the Chilean back on the starting 11 and back on the score sheet here. So 2-1 it would finish, sending Arsenal into the fifth round where they'll face Hull City. Callum Chambers' goal was the talk of the Emirates after the game. Here's Mikel Arteta, Alex Iwobi and Arsene Wenger with their thoughts on that strike. No, he's got some really good skills, Callum, to be fair. To, to be a defender, a centre-back or right-back, whatever he is, he's got a lot of skills and, and he can do stuff like that, to be fair. But obviously to do it 
in an important end like today is a different story, but uh, what a moment that was in the game. Oh my gosh, he's still talking about it now in the, in the like, showers. Everyone's just talking about it. He's like, yeah, Canaldo is what they call him now. It's just funny. You'd be doing the same though, presumably. Of course, if I scored a goal like that, I'd be all over the place. I'd just be excited. It's a good finish, the Champions. It shows that many times in training. And uh, overall, uh, I'm very pleased for him, you know. And uh, I think uh, he has quality, he's uh, versatile, can play in different positions. He's shown that again today. The boss also spoke positively about Mohamed Elneny's debut. I felt he started uh, a bit cautious, played a bit uh, secure, uh, became more adventurous, had uh, some good shots on goal. Uh, his uh, mobility, his uh, work rate was, I think, exceptional. And uh, for the rest, he needs to ad adjust to the power of the game in the Premier League. You know, uh, this was a good welcome today. And uh, certainly has learned a lot today. It will take him some time, certainly, to adjust to the power side of our game here. But uh, uh, the intelligence, the mobility, and the technical level uh, are good. So that's the Gunners safely into the fifth round, but it's a return to the Premier League on Tuesday evening as they take on Southampton. We'll talk to Perry Groves about that next. Perry Groves played 203 times for the Arsenal before moving to Southampton in 1992. So who better to look ahead to the two teams going head-to-head -head in the Premier League on Tuesday night? Perry, good to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, mate. How's life? Uh, it's very good. Thank you very much for having me on. I think it's a bit of a loose terminology saying that I was an ex-Southampton player because um, I was a complete waste of money for Southampton, to be fair. <laughs> they bought me for 750 grand. I got injured after 15 games, scored two goals. So... 375 grand a goal. Um, <laughs> I'd say cheaper at the price value. for you, mate, but, you know, that's just <laughs> me. So, so not really any divided loyalties, I guess, then, for you, really? Not at all, absolutely. Southampton fans, I, you know, I'm, they sort of think I'm a bit harsh, but I don't have any emotional attachment to Southampton because I, I didn't play enough games and, you know, I wasn't there long enough. My two, my two teams are Colchester and, obviously, my big team is, is the Gooners because, obviously, Dad's uncle, uh, Vic, played and was captain in, in the mid-50s, so my loyalty is always to, to the Gooners, always. Our weekly tactical analyst who'll be coming on the show later is Adrian Clark, and that little bird tells me that he was your boot boy. Yeah, he was, um, he was a very good one, actually, to be fair to Clark. He, he um, made sure that all the training boots and all the, the match boots were done, and he sung very well um, at Christmas, because you, you, you used to make your apprentices sing for their Christmas bonus. <laughs> and put them on a, like this big pedestal thing. And if they sung well or they did a poem or a ditty, then you give them 100 quid. Uh, if they didn't, then they got covered in all the uh, dirty boot water. So uh, Clarkie sung really well. Andrew, Andy Cole was my other boot boy. He was useless, so he got covered in the dirty water. So Andy Cole was the useless boot boy, but went on to, yeah. some would say, have the slightly better career. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yes, he, he did well, uh, Cole, to be fair. Obviously, went to Bristol City, the major name there, and into Newcastle and Manchester United. But... As a boot boy, um, he left a lot to be desired. A.D. Clark wins that one. We shall bring that up with Clarky later in the podcast. Don't you worry, Perry. Right, on to the big one. And oh, I remember Boxing Day night and what was a real horror show for Arsenal against Southampton at St Mary's. And revenge will be, I'm sure, high on the uh, agenda. Very much so. I think that was one of the, the few games you could say from us um, over probably since the West Ham game beginning of the season where um, the, the lads, you could just tell after the first five 
six minutes, they weren't switched on mentally. Um, and Southampton, obviously, had gone at that time, were going for a little bit of a, a bad patch. But when any team plays against Southampton, against Arsenal, you always raise a game. And they did. And I just think that uh, the uh, our players' attitude and the mental approach to it will be a lot different on Tuesday night. So just two points from the last available nine, but admittedly that includes Chelsea and then Hardfort draws obviously with Stoke and, and Liverpool. Is it a must-win when you look at the title race? Are we getting toward that point yet? Yeah, they're all must-win games now. Um, I actually think that the last uh, three games, if you looked at them individually... Uh, it was a good battling point at, at Stoke. You know, that's not an easy place to go. We should have really won at Anfield, uh, being 3-2 up, you know, with 10 minutes to go. Um, but coming back twice from a goal down, which showed resilience. And I actually thought that the Chelsea game, uh, after Merzak got sent off, I thought actually, even with 10 men in the second half, we were the better side. So the performance against Chelsea is actually OK. It was a very good performance at the weekend uh, against Burnley. Um, we got, obviously, with... Um, Sanchez coming back, Cochrane coming back, giving that bit of energy, knowing in the middle of the park. And I thought Onani on, on Saturday looked quite comfortable. But you're right, it is a must-win game now. And it doesn't matter about the performance, but the big thing now is just the results. Yeah, Perry, you've picked up on a, a crucial point for me. Cochrane back for that game at the weekend. Alexis back and looking sharp. And hopefully, obviously, Ozil will be back for this one as well. And these returning key players to the spine of the team could make all the difference, couldn't they? Very much so. I think when you look at with uh, Sanchez, he brings like an energy and, and a spark to the side, you know, and his enthusiasm just rubs off on everybody else and he gives the crowd a lift. He gives it a little bit of extra quality and he doesn't look like he's been helped from uh, players. And I was talking to Nigel Winterburn. He's one of those ones who um, hates being taken off even if he's injured. He hates not playing. Um, so he's got a brilliant uh, attitude. And Coquelin gives us that little bit more athleticism in, in the centre of part where he can get to uh, the opposition players and close them down very quickly. And if you look at Southampton, they've got excellent uh, forward players, Tadic and, and Mane, but they're the sort of players that you'd think Cockland would be the ones who's going to engage them um, and put in one of these... Um, great sliding tackles which uh, I like which is a feature of his game It certainly is isn't it and you mentioned those kind of pacey forwards that Southampton have got but then you've got Shane Long who was brilliant against Arsenal a few weeks ago and, and obviously Charlie Austin's there now and debut goal first touch pretty much against Man United what a signing Charlie Austin I can understand why there were more, more Premier League clubs interested in, in Charlie Crystal Palace and Newcastle needing centre forwards and for four million quid it's not even a gamble. You know, if it doesn't work, then, you know, so what? Four million quid is nothing these days and he will score goals. Shane Long, who I'm, I'm quite a big fan of because um, he's one of those players that is perpetual motion. He, he, he's 100%. He closes fullbacks down. He puts centre-halves under pressure. He looks to get in behind. And the other thing for someone, I think he's probably only about five foot ten. he's very, very good in the air. He's got a very athletic leap. Um, so he's one of those... Uh, centre-forwards is, is a handful the whole 90 minutes. And Southampton, a good little bit of form at the minute. They haven't conceded for, for three games, you know, so you could say that, you know, it's not the right time to play them. But we've been fairly impressive at, at the Emirates. And if we start at a very high tempo and a high pace, like we did against Manchester United when we blitzed them in the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, then uh, we should be OK. And Southampton, as you just touched on, have re-found their form in recent weeks after a real blip just before, haven't they, when Ronald Koeman was looking a bit disaffected with life. But he's back singing and looking very confident. Forster's back in goal. That, for me, has been a difference as well. 
you know, it gives the the back four just a little bit of uh, solidity, you know, and it, and it gives them a bit of assurance. And the two centre-halves, um, Van Dijk has done uh, okay since he's come from Celtic. Fonte uh, is very aggressive and, and attacks the ball. And uh, their, their record at the end, uh, um, at Arsenal isn't particularly good. I think they've only won one in the last 21 uh, away at Arsenal, but one of those was under Ronald Koeman in the Capital One Cup. So, um, and I think they've settled down a bit. Ronald Koeman had his sort of problems with uh, Victor Wanyama, you know, and, and Mane on the disciplinary side, and he's, he's told him no on certain terms. You're not going to mess about with me if your attitude isn't right. Then you ain't going to play, and um, you'll sit in the stand. Now that's all very well, but these days the players are so powerful. You're not going to have your two best players sat in the stand on 60 grand a week. But he's he's reasserted his authority, and I think he's done a, a fantastic job at Southampton because they have to, you know, sell their uh, best players, uh, much like we had to, you know. And, in the last sort of six or seven years, it's very difficult, you know, to get consistency when you know your best player is being sold season after season. But um, I think he's done an excellent job taking over from uh, Pochettino. So, Perry, as we let you go, rude not to please get a, a prediction as, as to who's going to emerge victorious. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I was going to say I let my heart rule my head, but it's my heart and my head. <laughs> so, um, I, fancy, I fancy a very, very good game of football because they, they like to try and play. I could see us coming out probably... 3-1 um, victors. I think most of our listeners would take that and move on and get ready for Bournemouth. Uh, Perry, great to have you back on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, mate, and uh, cracking insight. And uh, we shall put a bit of that to Mr Clark a little bit later on. Yes, you, you'll notice that his shoes will be very, very shiny. He was very good at, um, <laughs> at, at making my boots nice and shiny. Laurent Koscielny has developed into one of the Premier League's top defenders over his five and a half years with the club. The French international scored a number of key goals time and time again and has proven to be one of Arsene Wenger's best signings for the club. He spoke with the Arsenal Weekly podcast producer Liam Roberts about a number of topics, starting with his centre-half partnership with Per Mertesacker. I think uh, we have a good relationship uh, on the pitch and... Uh, off the pitch, uh, it's a nice man, uh, a good friend. Um, so yeah, when you have a good relation uh, between uh, between us, um, out of the pitch, and um, they can help us um, in uh, in the pitch. And I think uh, we talk a lot, we learn a lot now uh, for a few years, and uh, I know. Uh, his quality and he knows mine and uh, I know what he can do on the pitch and what he can't and uh, it's important for centre-back because we know it's um, it's more uh, you know uh, a couple a couple you know uh, to play together and uh, it's very important uh, each each player and centre-back uh, speak a lot, uh, the communication is very important and uh, just for the position on the pitch and um, you can uh, it can be better like this. Um, so you said that your friends off the pitch as well, um, do you kind of hang out outside of the game? Yeah, 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 my wife, his wife, you know, uh, uh, we can talk uh, together, uh, we went uh, sometimes uh, with restaurant, uh, with spare and uh, some other players, so we have a good, uh, good relationship uh, together. Um, 
uh, outside the pitch, you know, because he's a simple man like me, uh, you know, he, um, he likes to live here and uh, you know it's simple to uh, to have a conversation with uh, with him uh, uh, during uh, during a meeting uh, you know dinner or something like this um you were given the captain's armband a couple of times this season yeah um, what did that mean to you is that can you explain how your feelings when that happened it's good you know because uh, you i think uh, your teammates and uh, the staff and uh, the boss uh, respect you uh, a lot, and that's why uh, you have uh, you have the uh, the captain uh, handband. So uh, it's very important to be an example for for the teammates, and um, I was uh, very happy with uh, with this, but. Uh, the most important, you know, it's uh, every, every player on the pitch has uh, something uh, to uh, for helping the team uh, for winning, and uh, we are all captain. If uh, some player needs to to talk uh, to a teammates to help him to be better, or, uh, to uh, to do something on the pitch because his position is not good. We uh, we can uh, we can do. I um, just want to look forward to the um, the Euros this summer. Um, yeah. Obviously, going to be playing in your home country. Yeah. Um, what will that feel like representing your country <coughs> in a home tournament? Oh, it's uh, well very um, exciting. We have a little uh, uh, pressure because it's at home and it's very different. You know, when you play a big tournament like this with your country. Uh, in your country, and uh, you know, the last time uh, when the France uh, play at home, we won the World Cup yeah. and uh, we won the Euro in '84. Uh, so um, we uh, we want to we want to do a good tournament. We want to go to uh, to the final, but uh, we know uh, we will have uh, some different team. Uh, against us but we need to win uh, we need to to win uh, the group stage and to finish first and after uh, we don't know the draw but uh, we need to have uh, some ambition because uh, we play at home and uh, all the country uh, will be uh, be on us to for for the support so Laurent will be heading to the European Championships in his home country this summer and you wouldn't bet against him popping up in the box with an important goal at some point during that tournament. So that's a current Arsenal international, but now it's time to talk about a retired one in this week's history lesson. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George who can hit him. Oh, It's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. On the 2nd of February 1978, Arsenal and England ladies legend Faye White was born in Crawley. Faye joined Arsenal in 1996 and spent 17 seasons with the Gunners, winning an incredible 31 trophies with the club. Here she is speaking about her decorated career. I moved, um, I was about 17, I think, 17, nearly 18, when I kind of come and had a look round at Highbury and Vic um, met up with him, I actually met up with him, we always, always said about it, met up at a McDonald's near where I lived to actually talk first initially and then invite me yeah. up to Highbury and I was walking in parked underneath like you do and then you go up to a room and you open the door and there was Highbury, it was a box at Highbury yeah. and from that moment on I was like wow, I'm signing in because obviously I knew that Arsenal was the biggest women's club then, um, even more so than it is now. Um, as one of the most recognisable and respected players in the game, Faye also played 90 times for England, scoring 12 goals in the process. Since retiring in 2013, Faye's moved into the business side of the game and is responsible for the marketing of the ladies' team. I think the biggest thing for the game to grow is obviously that coverage. Um, my whole career as captain was banging on about needing more coverage and needing more people to come out and support the teams and that's slowly growing but I think we just need to graduate, you know, the day when we can say even 5,000 is a regular crowd, you know, something like that would mm. be, I think this, this kind of fan base of women's football will be very different to the men. Yeah. Um, I can't see hundreds of thousands of men following women's football, I just can't see it. I think it's more going to be families and, um, you know, uh, groups like that come into our games. but. I think when we can say you know, there's 5,000 regular and the game's sustainable, um, but we need it to stay within a, a kind of, um, what's the word, sustainable means, really. We'll have another history lesson next week, but next we'll hear from the ladies' team's newest signing, and that's Farah Williams. At the start of January, Arsenal ladies announced the signing of England's most capped player, Farah Williams. She spoke to Arsenal media about joining the Gunners. Yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, a strange few months for me since, you know, Arsenal and Pedro showed interest in me. It's been one that has excited me, but also I've got to think of my family and what I do away from football. And that's been the, the most difficult thing. I think the ambition of the club, you know, the, the state that the club's in is fantastic and where women's football needs to be. So that decision wasn't difficult. It was just that if I could get everything right off the pitch and, and the club have done everything, you know, to make me feel comfortable. And yeah, and I'm excited now to get started. Arsenal are a team that... You know, a style of football they play is one that's always excited me. You know, 
even before the WSL come into place, you know, they've been a leading team in the women's game for a very long time. So now to finally, you know, be a part of that, you know, this could have happened for me 10 years ago. And, you know, through many different decisions, I, I decided to go different ways. And yeah, I mean, I think this was meant to be. I think, as I say, I had an opportunity so long ago to come to this, you know, this club and, and went other ways and, and it's brought me back. So definitely, I think it was supposed to be. I've known Alex Scott a, a very long time, probably since, you know, under 14. So, and, I, and obviously I told you I'm old, so, so that's been long. So yeah, she's certainly one that will help me settle. I've known Casey as well the, the same amount of time. So they're definitely two players that I know I'll be able to, you know, easily settle with in and around the area. I mean, they showed how close they've been this year with the league. I think, you know, they were unlucky not to finish in the top two. I think, you know, dropped some city points through the season. I think that could have, you know, that probably let them down in that area. But they won the, the, the county cup, so they've showed what they're capable of doing. It wasn't, you know, an easy game for them in the county cup, but they, they certainly made it look easy. So it's a style of play that, you know, that I would really enjoy. I think I could I, I fit in it nicely. So, yeah, they certainly play an, a, a nice style of play. I think in the women's game, probably one of the only teams that have a, a definite style of play. So, yeah, I, I, I look forward to, to trying to find and fit myself within that. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Our Arsenal insider this week will be a teammate of Farah Williams for the upcoming season. It's ladies' vice-captain Alex Scott. Alex, great to have you on the line. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Really good to have you on board. I know you're at the airport, effectively off for the pre-season games in Germany. We'll come on to all of that in just a moment. But we've just been hearing about, obviously, Farah Williams coming in and how exciting to have England's most capped player on board for the season. Oh, I think, yeah, Farah is an amazing player. We all saw her quality in the World Cup. I've been fortunate enough to play with her for all the younger age groups at England level. So to finally have her on board and as a teammate is just great. And I think she really strengthened our team for the season. And it'll be a combination, won't it, of what she'll be able to do on the field, but also watching in part, I'm sure, in the dressing room too. Oh, definitely. Just her experience, what she's already gone through, what she's played, you know, what she's overcome as well. And she'll be passing that on to the likes of, you know, the other midfielders like Jordan and hopefully help her grow into her game as well. And just while we're on legendary players past and present, our history lesson on the Arsenal Weekly podcast a couple of minutes ago was featuring Faye White, born this Tuesday in 1978. <laughs> oh, what Happy an birthday to Faye. <laughs> <laughs> what an absolutely incredible, incredible player. Oh, yeah. Like, I was fortunate as well, coming through the younger age groups at Arsenal. Faye was the captain and then obviously worked my way into the first team. Same with England. She's just your out-and-out leader. And what she done in an Arsenal shirt and England shirt was just amazing. And she continues to be around the club because she's such an iconic figure. But no, a true legend for Arsenal lady. 17 seasons, 31 trophies. It's not the uh, the worst return, is it? <laughs> no, definitely not. I think she'll hold a record. I'm not sure what the other girls ever firm might probably be close to her. I think I'll be a bit behind them. But no, that just sums her up, you know, all the commitment she um, done for Arsenal ladies. And she continues to do it as well off the field now. Let's move on then, if we can, Alex, to, to the current crop. And we've talked, obviously, about Farah coming in, but the yeah. squad really coming together, some new faces and hopefully some new energy to continue to evolve. Oh, definitely. I think every season, you know, you don't want to stand still. You want to be pushing forward, even though we won the Continental Cup final last year. We want the league and we want the FA Cup. So it's about not resting on your morals. And Pedro's done that. He's definitely strengthened with Farah, the addition of Van Dong and... Um, We've got the Irish girl, Katie McCann, as well, who's going to be jumping in this team. So, like you said, it's just a big good buzz 
us at the moment pre-season and then hopefully this poll will bring us all together, let us gel and be ready for the season ahead. Not always easy, is it, when you are having a turnover of players and kind of rebuilding a little bit, but it seems to have been managed in a very effective way. Definitely, and if you're bringing in, like I said, already established, experienced players, then it doesn't take long to gel because if you know football, then it's easy. You get out on the training field every day and you do what you're good at. So I don't think that is going to be a problem and we won't use that as an excuse. We want to go into this season making sure we've got that winning mentality and pick up trophies. And obviously the bond within the squad is very strong. And I'm sure when you have a, a few days across in Germany, serious football, but a chance to, to get to know the new teammates and, and to build all of that camaraderie. Yeah, ultimately we want to go out there, we want to win, but we're looking at a bigger picture as well. Like you said, it's about making sure we all gel cohesively off the field as well as on the field and work on things in pre-season. So individually you need to be working on things and as a group. Um, but the main thing will be, you know, when we come back in a week's time, make sure we're all in a better place. Now, as we mentioned, you're pretty much at the airport and ready to, to yeah. board a plane. Um, so you're off to Germany. Bayern Munich is, is the game second up, isn't it? But you've got yeah, another no, one first. Did you say Wolfsburg? Spain. And we're playing the first game we play Wolfsburg and then we play Bayern Munich. Wow. But yeah, it's in Spain. And just tell us a bit about the, the challenge that they will pose in terms of oh, the quality and, and what hopefully it will help prepare you guys for for when the new season starts here. Yeah, and this is the quality you want in pre-season, you know, that's really going to test you. And both teams, you know, got strong international players. Wolfsburg have won the Champions League numerous times, so that's the challenge we face. But that's where we want to be, because we want to make sure Arsenal ladies is back fighting in the Champions League. And obviously slightly different styles, I presume, of play as well, just like we see in the men's game as well, and the contrast between the Premier League and, and the Champions League. Would it be a similar challenge for you guys? Oh, most definitely. You've got the physical elements that the Germans bring, but also technically they're very good. So two very different games. I think Wolfsburg will be the more physical challenge and be down to our fitness, where Bayern Munich have got the skillful technicians in their team. So it's going to be great two pre-season friendly games, but like I also said, it's about how we gel together in this week. And then you go through all of that, and then before we know it, of course, the domestic season will be starting on, I think, the 23rd of March? Yes, it is. That will be our first game against Reading at home at Bournemouth. And no, we're just all looking forward to it. We have a long off-season, really, through the winter, so we all can't wait to, you know, for the season to start. And I think it's going to be the best one yet. Every year, the league's getting better, the teams are improving, the investment in the teams now. So I think it's going to be really competitive, but we hope that we're sitting at the top. And just taking a sneaky look at your fixture list, I see you've got both Manchester City and Chelsea pretty yeah. soon into the season as well. <laughs> you look at and you want to be playing in it's nothing to be scared about you know when you play for Arsenal ladies you know Arsenal football club you know you expect them kind of challenging you expect to rise to them as a player so they're the games we kind of relish as a group and fan wise obviously I know there's a massive and growing support for the league for the women's game in this country as well and, and that's something with the fan base that you'll be desperate and, and I'm sure will continue to grow yeah, we're lucky. We've always had a great fan base for our ladies at Boringwood. Our fans come out. But, you know, obviously off the back of the World Cup and all that interest now in women's football, the attendance levels have grown. Um, but we just need that to keep improving. And that comes down to the product we're putting out on the pitch. So hopefully they can come along and see some great quality football and us winning football matches. And just finally, obviously, you do other things as well. It's a very, very busy life, isn't it? You've got a media <laughs> degree, I think a yeah. new hosting job as well. Yeah, I do. I've been doing stuff with Soccer AM um, since I got back from the World Cup and now I'm on presenting on London Live every Friday with Jimmy Bullard. So, yeah, that's definitely the direction that I'm going in for when I finish, but there's no way I'm finished with Arsenal ladies just yet. We'll give it a few years and come and join me. We'll double-head this for a bit.
Yeah, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Alex, listen, thank you so much for your time and safe flight out there for the pre-season games and hopefully we'll catch up with you again uh, in a few months as the season progresses. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Adrian Clark will be in the matchday show hot seat for Arsenal's trip to Bournemouth this coming Sunday. And Adrian joins me now. Clarky, twice in a couple of days after we were on Arsenal.com. Commerce duty, uh, making my debut with you the other day. Yeah, people will start to talk, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a man of your calibre alongside me. So, no uh, good work, my friend. And you were just telling me off-air as mm. well. We've been hearing from Perry Groves, of course, on the show, looking ahead to the Southampton game. Mm. I believe you were his boot boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, going back a long, long time. Back all the way back to 1991, almost in the black and white days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he was good. He was a, he was a great lad to to clean boots for. He was one of the kinder ones. Sometimes they could be a bit fussy, the footballers. But Perry was always all right, and uh, yeah, always got on very well with him. And he was the first ever footballer you met. Yes, a presentation evening for my kids' team when I was sort of eight or nine years of age. He was the celebrity guest, and at that time. He hadn't even joined Arsenal. He was playing for Colchester United, which was relatively close to where I was brought up. So, yeah, me and Perry go back a long way. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Loving the insight, Clarkey. Now, you're going to look ahead to the Bournemouth game for us. Of course, two more big games this week for Arsenal. Um, they really have started to show signs of life again in recent weeks after a bit of a blip. They have, yeah. I think they've had a terrific debut season in the Premier League, Bournemouth. They've really impressed me. I, I rate the manager so highly, Eddie Howe. Very astute and gets his players going every single week. What you won't see from Bournemouth is a really flat performance. Sometimes they might not be good enough to win the match, but he always seems to get a tune out of them and they're so, so sharp as a side. So you've got to match that and then hope that your quality will come through. But, yeah, they've, they've done really well. Now, the one time I covered them live this season was the home game against Newcastle where they absolutely obliterated all the statistics <laughs> and somehow managed to lose 1-0 to yeah. Newcastle's only shot. That, though, I think has changed a bit given the likes of Benekafobi coming in as a bit more of a clinical option up front. Yes, definitely. As soon as they lost Callum Wilson, it was a major problem. because He was the quickie, the one that really stretched the pitch and it just wasn't the same without a, a fast striker in his place. Josh King came in and did OK, but Benekafobe has... He's got the full package, really, in terms of power, pace and the ability to score goals. He's got that confidence, having scored so many goals for Wolves in the Championship last season and for Milton Keynes previously. So, so yeah, he's, he's a real asset. And look, Benekafobi got a point to prove, hasn't he, in this game? He will probably feel quite aggrieved that he never got a chance here, always loaned out, but never appeared for the Arsenal first team. And, um, yeah, the story is there, isn't it? Uh, you just hope, from an Arsenal perspective, he doesn't come back to hurt us. It will be interesting to see. So, organisation, a phobie, work rate, are they some of Bournemouth's strengths, would you say? Definitely, yes. I think all of, all of the above, they tick. They've got good energy. I like them in the wide areas. I think Matt, Matt Ritchie is a, is a terrific player. The Scottish international and the fullbacks, they fly forward and they will do, even though they're playing against Arsenal on home turf, I think they'd be quite adventurous. You've got Charlie Daniels on the left-hand side, adds real balance and I think at the moment it's Adam Smith on the right who's got forward and scored a few goals. So, look, they are an exciting team to watch. I think, in many ways, they play a little bit like Arsenal. They obviously haven't got the resources we have or maybe the talent, but they certainly are of the same ilk. Well, it's a great atmosphere because it's quite a compact stadium. It's a relatively new build, as I know you know, but mm. they really get 
on you, the crowd, as I witnessed as well. Yeah, I've played there and it's a tight ground. When I played there, there's probably five or 6,000, but this time it'll be a complete full house, like a cup tie. Every game is really for the Cherries fans this season. They are loving life, and, and rightly so. Look, if Arsenal aren't mentally right for this game, they could come a cropper. Manchester United did. You've got to be on your toes because Bournemouth on home turf are a tough proposition. They are, though, in lower mid-table for a reason. There are flaws, aren't there? So where could Arsenal hurt them? I think Arsenal can hurt them in the centre-back department. I think they've chopped and changed personnel over the course of the season. And whoever has played in, in that position, they've struggled at times. They lack a touch of mobility. So if, if we can get runners in support of Olivier Giroud, then I think we can really hurt them. And if you remember the game here at Emirates Stadium, they were awful from corners. They really, really struggled badly. Arsenal could have scored four or five goals from set pieces. If they haven't improved in that regard, we can hurt them there. Wouldn't say personally they've got the best goalkeeping options Premier League standard-wise. No, Arta Boric is he's actually back in form at the moment, but he's had a difficult season. Adam Federici came in because he was dropped. He didn't really cover himself in glory. So that is, that is an issue for them, but... I do think that Arta Boric is playing better now than at any other stage this season. So, a key battleground player-wise, Adrian? Oh, it's an interesting one. I like Junior Stanislas, actually. He was rested for the game here over Christmas, but he is a talented player on the left-hand side. And that battle with Hector Bellerin, I think, will be really important. You've got Charlie Daniels and Stanislas down that flank... Bellerin will need to be on his toes defensively, but as we all know, he will love to pile forward as well. So keep your eye on that wing. It could be quite interesting. And as we like to conclude in a sentence, how do you beat Bournemouth? You beat Bournemouth by matching them in terms of application. If you can do that and be on your toes and be sharp, then hopefully your quality will come through. That happened here at Emirates Stadium. Hopefully it'll happen again. We shall wait and see Clarky as ever. Great work, thank yeah, you. Pleasure, mate. You can join Adrian alongside Jimmy Carter for the Match Day Show live on Arsenal.com. And that's from 1pm on Sunday. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Lauren Koscielny, to Perry Groves, Alex Scott, Adrian Clark, and to Farah Williams for their contributions today. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so that you never miss a new show. We'll be back on Monday, the 8th of February. Until then, it's bye for now, and come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.